piece of advice. Um, easy. Don't be slow, bro. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the show 100% dedicated to the best position in sports. That is right, the lacrosse goalie. And on the show, it is my job to track down the best goalies, the best trainers, the best special guests in our sport, interview them, find out what makes them so great. What are the things I can take, put into my own lacrosse goalie game to get better out there? This week, we've got a great special guest. It is Coach Jay Fulco, cognitive coach, training the brain. His final piece of advice to me, he said, well, that's easy. Don't be slow, bro. <laughs> that's the one piece of advice he's going to leave us with. And you know what? As lacrosse goalies, that's pretty damn good advice. Uh, but how exactly can an athlete train their brain to increase speed on the field, increase reaction time? And that is exactly Coach Jay Fulco's area of expertise. And I invite him on this podcast to pick his brain about how we can train our own brain to make more saves. That's what we're doing on this episode. Great episode with Coach Jay Fulco. Highly recommend uh, you guys work with him or at least reach out and follow him. He gives a bunch of free training away on his Instagram account. Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this conversation with Coach Jay Fulco. Before we begin this conversation with Jay, I want to read a word from our sponsor, And the sponsor of this episode is the College Goalie Training Packs. On July 1st, 2021, the NCAA said that college athletes can now accept sponsorship deals. And what did I do? I went out and I signed seven college goalies to a sponsorship deal. And we put our head together and came up with an amazing training package that is going to be perfect for that youth lacrosse goalie out there who wants coaching and mentoring from the best college goalies in the game And here's the best part about the deal. The sales of the college goalie training packs that these young men and young women are putting together, they go right to supporting these college goalies. That's the beauty of this new name, image, likeness legislation. So your youth goalie gets elite training and mentoring in the form of a college goalie, and the college goalie gets to help out the youth in what I hope will become the best sponsorship in all of college lacrosse check out the training at laxgoalierat.com slash college laxgoalierat.com slash college you'll see all of the amazing material training material mentoring material coaching material these kids are putting together it's going to be awesome i can't wait laxgoalierat.com slash college and you can get in on this for less than the price of a single private goalie coaching session that is the best part laxgoalierat.com slash college i hope to see you there uh, it is a pleasure to welcome to the Lax Goalie Rap Podcast. My next guest, it is Coach Jay Fulco. Jay, how are we doing today? I'm doing well, man. What's happening? All right. Well, thank you. Oh, man, I'm doing well as well. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to chatting with you. Uh, it says on your bio, you're a cognitive coach. W- what does that mean? Yes. Uh, I train the brain. I, I train athletes to slow the game down by focusing on cognitive functions. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, slowing the game down is something we talk about quite a bit. 
And that essentially means, um, or I mean, what, what, what would you say that means? Um, I would think it's taking the decisions and aspects of the game reaction-wise that you have to make within the game and not mm-hmm. panicking. Because every human being gets into a fight or flight mechanism when we get into a situation where it's, oh shit, something's happening. Yeah. So it's pretty much teaching the body or teaching the athlete to not panic in those situations and be pretty much assertive with your decisions you make and the moves you make. Yeah. It's a special, I know you work with a lot of, um, you know, pro athletes, NFL athletes, soccer players, a uh, few Fogos you were mentioning as a lacrosse goalie. It's this interesting scenario where, I mean, they're firing this rock at you, you know, solid mm-hmm. rubber ball and you have a lot of, you have a lot of fear response. And so you really do, need to slow the game down in the sense that I need to see like where this 90 mile an hour ball is going and then explode to it. So I think that, you know, if lacrosse goalies are not training cognitively, they should be, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Oh, 1000%. I mean, if you're talking reaction sports before even understanding what cognitive training is, you're going to, if I say, Hey, what people should be react training, you'd say any goalie or a tennis player or a ping pong player, right? That, that's top of mind already when you're thinking about reaction training. Yeah. I love it. How did you get into uh, the cognitive training? Oh, dude, long story, man. I, um, I actually had some friends when I was younger that were in the NFL and they played a ton of video games with me. And I was blessed to play a lot of video games with them, their colleagues, their teammates. And it was kind of, always the same consistency of they're really fucking good at all video games. So it was kind of just like, why is that? Why is that? And with me, I have like a personality where there's an algorithm to everything in life. So getting into the fitness industry, I wanted a niche. I wanted to separate myself and then starting to have an understanding that there was a crossover between video games and my elite athletic friends. I was like, what is that? And for video games, it was pattern recognition, you know, elite brain speed. Um, high risk, high reward, being able to read situations, being able to recall situations, being able to sustain the focus for hours on in playing the video game to still be consistently good as when they were when they first turned the game on. So then it was like, okay, there's a carryover, there's a transition. What does that look like? So then it was like, all right, at an elite level of any sport, what's the difference in athleticism? Not much. So it was like, okay, cool. If I can start to kind of incorporate my knowledge of multidirectional movement with my newfound love for cognitive and brain training, I can kind of put it together. My athletes will be the ones that are reacting first, but reacting with conviction. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And so from there, did you go about like studying cognitive training or like what, what is, what, what was your path to getting this knowledge? Yeah, man. So a lot of the stuff that I did, it was, it was self-taught. It was really just like, trial and tribulations of what works and what doesn't and the understanding of basic movement. So my foundation with any athlete that I get is basic movement. So I keep the movements basic. So I don't have to worry about risk of injury within a session. I make the session harder by adding cognitive variables. So I've been blessed to go to a lot of seminars with a lot of different fitness professionals and meet a lot of different people within the realm of the cognitive atmosphere that have just pretty much given me titles to what I've already been doing since I was 18. I'm 27 now. So, you know, so one slide, like I did that, you go trials and tribulations, do years of doing this. You kind of just pick up your own what works and what doesn't, right? There's a lot of drills that people see on Instagram that I do. It's kind of just like, that doesn't make sense. Yes, it doesn't make sense because it's extremely hard visually to watch, also to do. But my athletes are in their progression. So it's been months of doing things to lead up to them to be able to do that. Yeah. It's not just go and do that. I'm not going to throw 8,000 variables at an athlete and say, okay, you're up. Yep. 
I mean, it's kind of like when you train lacrosse goalies, you can't just put them in day one to, for 90 mile an hour shots. Like you've got to right. like build it up, you know, build up that progression, something you call earning your progressions, uh, which is yes. what I was, which is what I was going to ask about. So what, what does that, what does that mean to you? So in any aspect of training, right? No one goes to a trainer to be successful the entire time of a session. It's pointless. You're, you're wasting money. You need to have some failure within your session for adaptation to occur. Mm-hmm. Right. With that being said, I choose my drills based on the failure rate. So if I do a drill and an athlete's failing 10 times out of 10, hey, guess what? Drill's too hard. If I do a drill on an athlete's within that five to six, 50 to 60% failure rate, okay, we have failure, but we have success. You've earned your progression. Let's add another variable to it, whether that be movement or cognitive. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Yeah, the same thing goes for taking shots as a lacrosse goalie. It's like, you know, when you're in a training session and if you're making 100% of the saves, like the shots are too easy. And it's the same idea in your drills. Like if you're 100% successful, drills too easy. Let's add some more variables. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Um, The other thing that you mentioned there that I really love is there's an algorithm for everything. Uh, 100% 100 agree. I love it. It's like, if there's something, whether it be in the sports world, in the business world, and whatever, social media, it's figure out, like you can figure it out. And there's an algorithm. And it sounds like you're going to get to the bottom of it. And that's kind of your philosophy, huh? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, well, cool. I, I saw a story that you did uh, sort of talking about, you know, your upbringing, which, you know, hasn't always been like, let's put it, the, you know, the easiest. Uh, I was wondering if you can kind of share that story and then, you know, what some of those hardships taught you. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, there was a point in my career where I had an amazing opportunity to work in the city at a place called Fusion Physical Therapy. And I looked at the opportunity and I was like, okay, these are amazing people that want to see me win. And this is a great place to be. But unfortunately, life comes at you with seasons at a time. So it, I didn't have, like I said, a home. So it was kind of just like staying at friends places, um, staying at hotels, staying at people just offering a place to stay sometimes. And it was kind of just at times it's, do I stop doing this and go to my support system that I know I have? But it's not here. And it's not the algorithm of me being the best cognitive coach out there, right? That was that was a decision, but it wasn't a decision I was willing to accept. So it was kind of just like, all right, I knew the algorithm of being the best cognitive coach out there. It was being here. So once I had that in my head, it was kind of just like, okay, cool. None of this matters anymore, right? None of this matters. You know what I'm saying? Life's all for me, red and yellow lights, but a green light's going to come. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's going to be there. Just, just sit and wait as anyone ever does. Just be patient. You know, and then once you're patient, it it gave me the opportunity to enjoy the process more and accept every day with what it came with, because it was amazing experiences. I met amazing people. I got to train amazing people. I got to do amazing things. I've been to the Super Bowl. I've been to the Combine, Um, things that I never thought I'd be able to do. And it was it was accepting just the hardships that were going to come within the process and me enjoying the process. And it, it helps me as a coach, because, again, like I told you within my sessions, I offer that same frustration. I offer that same adversity. Right. And for me to give the same energy in the session as my athlete during the session, it, it helps them overcome that frustration and adversity as I had to back when I was in the city. Interesting. So it's like because you've been through that adversity, you know, you you know how to put an athlete through the same adversity 
and also you know what it's like to be to have gone through that so you can kind of help them through that journey yeah man because it's very easy to do something hard when you have an ability to make it more efficient right I'm not sure I understand that. Say, say that again. It's very easy to do it's something. Very hard. easy to do something hard when you have an ability to make something efficient, i.e., I. like a crutch or a support system, right? Mm -hmm. If I can't catch a ball, right, but I have the ability, I have a support system to teach me or help me do that to make the ball catching easier, right? Yeah, it's it's easy to do. I, yeah. I have that self confidence. I did it. But now, what if you don't have that ability to have that mitt or to have that excess support system to make that catching the ball easier? What if you actually have to just sit and wait that week longer, that month longer to learn how to catch the ball yourself. Not everything in life is going to come with something that makes it more efficient. Sometimes you have to just figure to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. is what it is. Like you don't get that efficiency always. Like, and that's, I offer that with my drills. Like sometimes an athlete sits there and they'll get frustrated with the drill. It's like, yo, I'm not changing the drill. Yeah. I'm not going to do anything within this drill to make this more efficient for you. You're going to figure it out. And when they figure it out and it becomes this, that, and the third, and then it's posted on Instagram for like, oh shit. I'm like, yeah. yeah, you did that. That that's you. You know what I'm saying? You overcame that adversity. I didn't have to give you efficiency. I didn't have to sit there and say, okay, here this, take this to make it easier for you. No, you figured out what the hard was. Sometimes yeah. hard is hard. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And and a lot of times you got to let those athletes figure it out on their own, you know, because then like that's once it. once they do, like you see that look in your in their eye and like, I got it. And I mean, for us coaches, that's kind of what it's all about, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, awesome. Are there, um, I mean, you say you, you offer this adversity and this frustration in your, in your training sessions. Is that, you know, is that through the drills or is there, or is there other, like, I don't know, lessons or, or speeches you're giving them to kind of up that well, adversity and frustration? I mean, listen, I'm no therapist, right? So what you get within a session is Jay. If, if I'm able to connect with you through my experiences that that is what it is but in terms of adversity and frustration it's the drills yeah no athlete no competitor likes to be bad at something let alone have the coach that's doing it better than them everyone they hate it they can't stand it right so i compete with my guys if i show a guy a drill and he's like i can't do this you do it okay I'm going to do it. I make yeah. sure I'm able to do my drills before I show my guys my drills. Cause again, I already know the vibe. So I'm an, I'm an athlete myself. I'm a competitor myself. That's, that's what I dig in the session. You know what I'm saying? Like there's times where like, I'll have a session planned, but we're spending the hour on the drill and that's the training, the athlete figuring out their own efficiency to get within the drill to make the drill successful is the training. That's, that's, that's sports. Yeah. Right. While they're yeah. doing that while doing basic movements. I love it. And, and people don't understand like that's it's that's sometimes you deviate from the plan got to yeah i mean yeah yeah you got to i mean maybe yeah so if you like you know let's say i'm a 16 year old lacrosse player i come to coach jay and i i want to work with you like what what does this what does a session look like where do we start what what do we go through oh dude so with anything i call putting my athletes under a microscope so i have very good resources around me so i have a physical therapist that helps me out and we look at athletes and see where their compensations are movement-wise. So you're going to look at me and say, hey, coach, yeah, I want to train me through cognitively. Excellent. But that's also going to involve some multidirectional training. I'm going to teach you how to transition and cut, right? Because we need to know how to do that. I want to make sure you're doing that efficiently while doing the cognitive training that I'm giving you. Mm -hmm. So we do an assessment. We assess how they move. Once I assess how they move, say Charlie has a left ankle stability problem, right? 
I'm going to now devise a session that's a speed wise that's going to dictate him getting more stability on his left ankle. But I'm going to do that while forcing him to make decisions on that left side. Because sometimes athletes, right, may make an athlete may not be good at making a decision on the right side more so than the left side. And it's because of the tension they're able to create on that side. Their body's not comfortable doing shit on that side with anything. Mm -hmm. So if I can interline the two, we're winning. Right. So some people think like, oh, I can't catch from my left side because that's harder. No, maybe it's because you're just not used to creating tension on your left side of your body or doing anything in a fast, fast pace, fast motion. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we can interlock those two. Right. So then our sessions will be devised around multidirectional training along with cognitive training, depending on, again, the position that the person is. I'll gear my drills cognitively towards that. But the movement training stays the same no matter what position you are. I'm going to teach you basic foundational movements to just have a good cornerstone. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And, and going through some of your Instagram drills, what surprised me is, you know, the comment you just made is like, doesn't matter what, you know, what position you are, what sport you're playing. It's kind of the same cognitive, uh, cognitively, I guess, if that's the word, like I saw you training a soccer player, right. And yep. you're doing, you're doing the ball drop drill where you, you hold up two balls and, and maybe you drop them both and they have yep. their hands kind of right above you and they need to react and catch it which we do all the time as lacrosse goalies. And you think like, all right, that's like, as lacrosse goalies, we are using our hands to catch the ball. So it's like direct, you know, that's a direct, um, it, it directly applies. With soccer, you're like, wait a minute, like they're using their feet, they're not using their hands. So how does that, you know, how does that drill apply to the soccer player? Cool, so long-winded answer. Anything you see that I do, it's all for five cognitive functions, right? So we have brain speed, how fast my athlete processes something, intelligence, how well they make a decision, auditory and visual reaction, how well they react based off what they see and hear, memory, can you recall what you saw or heard, and attention, how well can you sustain focus? So I'm not a skills coach, right? So any, that means that any athlete that works with me, you're not going to be doing your sport specific stuff with me. Right. Right. We're going to train cognitive. Just because you're a soccer player, that doesn't mean you don't I'm not going to train you using your hands. So within that drill, what do we have? I have two tennis balls. I drop one of the other. So we have intelligence. That's decision-making. You have to decide, is he dropping left, right, or both? What else do we have? We have brain speed. How fast can you process which one of those am I dropping? Right? And then we have attention. Can you sustain focus throughout the entire drill to consistently have that same brain speed and that same correct decision? So we take all of those right? We put it in a drill and guess what? Mentally, because remember, I'm a cognitive, like we're training the brain. I'm putting that person in an in-game situation. Their brain does not know the difference, right? Has no idea what's going on. It just knows that I have to decide, react, decide, react, sustain attention, decide, react, sustain attention. So that's what happens within my sessions. And people always question like, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Because I'm a brain trainer. I'm a brain coach. I'm training the brain. I'm constantly putting my athletes in an in-game feel because other than them playing their sport, when is the brain getting that in-game feel? It's not. Yeah, right. Not during practice, not during training, not during that. It only gets that in the game. So if I can give that to you three times a week, you're now more prepped and ready for that go, that go, that go. We talk about that fight or flight. You're ready for that fight. You're ready for that fight, right? It's the same thing when an athlete gets concussed. What do they lose? They don't lose athleticism. No, they lose the speed of the game. That's why when they come back, it's, oh, shit, because you haven't seen that speed in X amount of days. 
So it's constantly giving an in-game feel. I love the smirk you're getting because I get the same smirk within every session I do for new athletes because they're like, yo, this is unbelievable. I'm geeked. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I tried to write them down. Brain speed, intelligence. What was the third one? Attention. Attention, memory, and? And auditory and visual reaction. Art. Got it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. A lot of... Um, you know, you got to train those as, as, as any athlete. I mean, especially I love the attention one too, because um, as lacrosse goalies, I mean, you have this really in any sport, but like, I, I don't know, like as a goalie in, in a reactionary position, you have to have this level of attention that is just so focused. And it's like, as, soon, as soon as you lose that, then like your abilities go down. So, you know, how do you train attention, right? It's these types of drills. Well, yes, if you have 45 seconds, I train guys virtually. I can do an attention drill with you right now. So you Let's can do actually it. Let's see. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right. Yeah. So all I'm going to do is show a card to the screen, just like okay. that. Okay. You have to remember what that card was and then say it when I show the next card. Okay. We're going to go through the deck. So this is how it would go. It'd be. Six, six, three, queen. I got you. So I say the, the last card you just showed. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. focus and memory. Okay. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. We're starting off. Let's go. Okay. Four, eight, six, ten, three, king, king, joker, five, four, Four, nine, ace, 10, three, seven, seven, jack, five, 10, eight, 10, two, eight, I'll lose it. Three, <laughs> jack, deuce, nine, queen, six, six, seven, six, six, two, Five, four, nine, ace, Brad. Joker. Yeah, that's great. I mean, the let. I mean, just like I feel it. <laughs> I feel yeah. it in my brain. Like the level of focus. So you get a mental cramp, and then it, when it's done, it's. <sighs> yeah. So we take it a step further sometimes, right? I'll be training with someone for months on end. I have a guy in the Eagles I train. I've been training him virtually for over a year now. We'll do that drill, and then I'll say, "What was the first card I showed you?" Mm, yeah. And well, the first card it was. And that's where we get to with it. Again, that's memory. It's being able to recall. Can you recall again for a goalie, right? Something as simple as recalling how someone shoots, right? That level of focus or attention to a game, attention to detail can make or break so much, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Because if you can recall how someone shoots, you start looking at the trajectory. People don't understand this, but when you really slow the game down, these are the little details that our bodies can pick up. Right. And then we'll react to cognitive human bank. Human beings are amazing fucking individuals. Like we are amazing people. Like the things that we can do <laughs> and we can unlock the potential that we have is wild. It is wild. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no ceiling. I coach. I coach with no ceiling. I don't, I don't look at anything like it can't be done. Yeah. Love it. Love it.
Um, so if kids are, you know, at home listening to this, um, well, first of all, they should train with you. You just mentioned you do virtual sessions, which is awesome. I'll, I'll link up um, to your Instagram or email at the end of this or when, when this comes out. But what are awesome. some, um, you know, what are some things I can do all by myself at home? So something as simple as taking those cards and doing that drill yourself. Yeah. Putting on the ground, going through the deck, ready, sitting there and just focusing on something, right? Focusing on something. Um, you can do, honestly, it, it, it's, I laugh at it when I get the question like that because I can sit here and give you a thousand drills you can do by yourself because it's all creativity and just like, all right, you want to do a decision-making drill? Yeah. You sit there and you take two cards, flip them over and as fast as you can, say which one's higher, Yeah. right? it's all about not cheating yourself. If you really want to get into it, you can absolutely, you can dive into it and it, it could be a rabbit hole of success. But again, it's, it's all on you. Do you want to take the time to sit there and flip cards over and say which one's bigger and then say which one's smaller and then go on grabbing which one's bigger, grabbing which one's smaller, right? And then you can dictate a card to a hand and the variables are, are endless. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And then um, you can, you know, if you have a partner, uh, a parent, uh, a friend, you can add just, I mean, then the variable, then, then we just go infinite in terms of the number of drills we can do. I saw you were doing one with uh, a ping pong ball, two ping pong balls, and you essentially just hit them at the athlete and they've got to catch yep. both of the balls. I love that. Yep. Love that drill. Um, the other thing I've seen you use quite a bit is those little, I don't even know what they're called. They're little light up uh, sensors. Yeah. They're fit lights, LED fit lights. lights. Yeah. And you can kind of describe some of the drills that you do with, could you, could you describe some of the drills you do with those and kind of what, what yeah. that's working? So what the fit lights do, it gives me a tool to pretty much give a tangible number to certain reaction components that I do. So what I do with the fit lights is I take the five cognitive functions and we use the fit lights for the drills. So like one drill will be brain speed processing, right? So one light comes up, athlete has to take their hand, put it in front of the light. Another one comes up, they do it 15 times. It gives me your average reaction time. And then it tells me how long it took you to do it, right? Sustaining focus. I'll take an athlete and do that same drill I did for brain speed, but they'll do it for a minute. And I'll see how long can you sustain that reaction time within the minute. We then have memory. Lights come up. They go away. I tell you a light to pick. You have to go hit that light. Yeah. Right? We then have um, auditory visual reaction. I can, we can set the lights up all around my athlete. And I can have them sprinting in each one that lights up. And I can say, you can only use your right hand or left hand, right? Peripherals. Mm -hmm. um, again, variables, endless. It's, 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 a, it's a great tool to add to the cognitive tool belt. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I'll link up to those when this comes out and some pictures too, so you can see it. There's one drill I saw you doing where you're just kind of throwing the balls uh, against the wall and they're kind of set yeah. up in four corners <clears throat> around you. And you, you're like, you know, essentially training to be aware of what's going on around you while you've got this stimulus, while you're focusing yeah, on man. the balls. I had a swivel on that drill. I was gassed. <laughs> gassed. Yeah, I love it. How do I know um, I'm getting better? Is it about just being better in those drills? Is it is it something else? Like, how do we know we're getting better in these areas? So multifaceted, right? Again, I'm a moving coach as well. So if you come to me and you're not planting well off your left leg, at the end of seeing me, you're not planting well off your left leg, force production is better, stability is better. We've gotten better as an athlete overall. That, that's step one. Step two is if you're not doing those things within these cognitive functions, these cognitive variables getting added to your drills, I know that the base foundation has gotten better. 
right? It's not necessarily like a level system. Like I want to get to level 10 coach J cognitive because I know I've made it. No, it's pretty much the cognitive variables assist me in making sure that your base foundation, your cornerstone is as strong as anyone else's, right? So the, the, the big thing for me with someone getting better, are you moving better? Are you moving better? Like within, within the drills, I can see if you're reacting better than using the fit lights. I have the tangible numbers to go to and say, hey, you're actively reacting faster. Yeah. But if you're able to do a drill, if I have you, I have an athlete sticking on their left leg, right? For instance, and day one, it's just, okay, stick left leg. A month from now, it's okay, stick opposite direction I point. A month from now, it's okay, stick opposite direction I point, call out the smaller number while catching two balls. If you're getting to the stick out the opposite number, call out the opposite number, catch two balls, point, you're sticking and you're creating good force and good stability, winning. That's yeah. most what I care about. I don't care what level drill we really get to. I care about is your base foundation moving wise okay. Got it. Yep. Yep. Makes perfect sense. And when you say sticking, you're talking about like changing, like stopping, changing directions, going one way to the other? Sticking the landing. Got it. Like a single leg stick. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Um, are there any, uh, like, you know, I'm sure you follow some other coaches in your industry. Are there other, uh, are there any things that you hear that are like, no, 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 no. That is not, that's not right. Kind of like some things that, you know, some myths, if you will. Um, honestly, dude, the biggest thing I've learned, I'm, I'm 27 now, I've been doing this for 10 years, not cognitive coaching, just being a coach in general. Mm-hmm. I, I drop ego and I really don't worry too much about what else is going on out there, what other people are doing. Good. I kind of um, part of a winners want to see others win circle. So if, if you can show me why you're doing what you're doing and it makes sense to you and your athletes not getting injured and they're not getting worse, I I'm all for it. Right. Um, if, if, it, if I went off things I saw, I'd be on Instagram all day, hating everything I saw, you know what I'm saying? And, and judging everything I saw. It, yeah. it, it's more so just believing that everybody has the same thought process as I and other coaches do, which we want to put our athletes on a platform platform to be successful. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think, you know, because I, I teach specifics and there's a lot of different ways to play goalie, there's like a lot of different techniques that work. I'm always looking for like, oh, look how this goalie is doing that. Like that might actually might work for this kid over here. Um, nah. And just kind of like, you know, as much um, inputs as I can get, but then, you know, understanding like, oh, that's not, I wouldn't teach that for this youth, for this age goalie. Dismissing, you know, taking in what works, dismissing what doesn't. You always have reservations about certain things you say. Um, for me, if I, again, if I can't ask why, or if you can't, if you don't have the ability to tell me why, I don't really like to put too much thought into what's going on with it. Yeah. Because the why is all that matters to me. Yep. Awesome. Makes sense. Uh, the other thing I've heard you talk about, which I think is really important for coaches, is this concept of like sharing your, your energy. Uh, you know, when, when I watch videos of you, like, I mean, you're, you're into it. Like the guy nails a drill and you, you know, you're, you're running, running around. Um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's really contagious. And I think that any coach, whether you're doing cognitive goalie training, what have you should bring that into their game. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. You, you can't teach that though. That's the thing. You can't teach that. That's like, are you, are you open to being open? Right. Cause the session is not about me. It's not, I don't, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about what I'm wearing, what I look like, how I react to them doing the drill. It's not about me. It's about the athlete. And at the time, like whether it's getting filmed or not, I'm geeked. 
You know, I'm geek. They got the drill because I share that because that success is dope because I, I'm with you spending the time to do that, waking up those certain hours, like going to the session, sweating with you, going through the trials and tribulations of like, I'm getting geek talking to you about it. You know what I'm saying? Just like right. going through it. Just like, yo, like we, we went through this together. Like, let's do success. What's next? Success. What's next? And it's always a what's next. Like I'll get geeked switch. All right. New job. What are we doing? Yeah. This is what's happening. Now, right. And, and it, like you said, it's contagious. Um, yeah, I, I would recommend every coach do that. If you, if you can get to a session and, and you can tap into when you, wherever you were as a kid playing sports or your boys or whatever it was, just being that person, putting yourself in that shoes of that energy of being a competitor, being an athlete and having that feel of, of wanting to be around someone that wants your goal just as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring that to your session. hundred percent. That's the sauce. <laughs> that's that's yeah. like, I tell people all the time, if a thousand people train with me and 999 people say I train with coach Jake because he tells funny jokes. I don't care because I know, I know what I'm talking about. I don't need somebody to stroke my ego and tell me I'm great. You want to be around me for an hour? Come through. <laughs> I got energy for you and I got a good session. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You can't, you can't teach it, but like, you know, if you're a coach and you get into it for the wrong reasons, that, that that's, you know, that's where it starts to come out. If you ask me, like if you're there I, and you're there for the right, right reasons and you're training that kid and you want his success more than anything, when you see that, like you're, you're juiced. Right. And, juice, and juice. Yeah. I love juice. it. Yeah, awesome. I love it. Um, cool. Jay, this has been, t- this has been tons of fun. Um, what else, what else should we talk about? I, you know, should we go through other drills? Are there other stories? Uh, maybe, maybe a story of an athlete that, that you worked with that had success cognitively and, and what you guys went through. Um, yeah, man, actually recently, my guy I train on the Eagles, Elijah Riley, he just got his first interception of his NFL career in uh, his preseason game. And the day prior, we had done a virtual session. And within that session, I was doing an extremely hard job with him. I was taking a grid, shading it across the screen. He had to remember each number in the grid and each color of the number. And then he had no idea what question I was going to ask him afterwards. I'd ask him a question and he'd have to answer. He was getting so frustrated during the drill. I was like, fuck, Jay. Like, you know, I hate this drill. This is bull, whatever, whatever. Prior to that, the virtual sessions we've done have all been progressively harder, progressively harder, progressively harder. And he's consistently gone out of his way. Hotels, you know, wherever he was to make that virtual session happen. And we've never done one a day before the game and to do it a day before the game. And then the game happened him get his first interception, him have the ball. It was on, I was watching it on the iPad. We had a client in the house and he picks the ball off. I toss the iPad. I'm running around the house. I mean, you can picture it knowing me and for my Instagram, I was juiced, juiced, juiced. Yeah. yeah you, you couldn't tell me nothing. You couldn't tell me nothing. And I'm starting to see more of that now in my coaching career, like more successes, because again, obviously, as you get a program and you solidify yourself into what you know and love and how to do it, you start to just get those residual results. I love it. And I see those results at such a high level now, man. It's, it's unbelievable. And then to get asked to the podcast, unbelievable. Like you can't make this up. You can't make this shit up. (laughs) Here we go. Well, congrats. Congrats on that. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. Uh, kind of going back to just got me a question about, um, you know, training cognitively. If I'm just getting started with this, what's the right like amount of training to do? Is it once a week, twice a week? You know, what, how, how, should, how should I be looking at that? The beautiful thing about cognitive training is it can't hurt you, right? I can go to a, jan- a janky strength coach. They can teach me to squat poorly. I can get hurt. I can, mm-hmm. you know, form compensations and hurt myself. Mm-hmm. You train 
you train cognitively, you're not going to react slower. You can't. You can't get hurt cognitively. It doesn't happen. That's the beauty of it. So if you want to train cognitively seven days a week, do it. But just know your level of being tired. It's being able to judge, right? So that's the biggest thing cognitively. Like on this call right now, for instance, if you're getting tired looking at the screen, if you're getting like mentally focused, like you know your time limit, you know your time span, right? You have to start training cognitively in those certain aspects of time, attention, sustaining focus, right? Yeah, so yeah. you can train cognitively every, every day if you want to. But again, with anything, it's knowing when to stop and knowing what your what your what your ceiling is that day of the cognitive training. Yeah. How do I know when to stop? Because so when we did that drill, you know, with the cards, we did that example. I certainly felt it. Like right? I felt you yeah. feel a little like mentally tired, let's say, mm-hmm. right? How do I know when to stop if it's not going to hurt me? Like when I'm doing squats, like I can I like you I'm, feel when to stop. Feel right? it. Yeah, I'm like I can't do another one. I'm going to get hurt. I know it. I'm listening to my body. How do how do I know when to stop mentally? No, that's a great question. Um you'll know so in my sessions, obviously, we do sets of things. So on the second set, if your RCS, your rate of success, wasn't as good as your first one, mm-hmm. right? Okay, I saw a drop off. Not bad. We still have one more set. Let's see if it was just like a bad round or is he getting tired? Our third set happens. If that drop off then happens again, right? Okay, and that's too far off from where he was the first time. So if I do a decision-making drill, and out of six reps, you get five right the first time. Second set, two right. Third set, none right. All right. I see I see where my threshold is. Right? Yeah. And your body yeah. will tell you. And that's the beauty of cognitive training. Like as you do it, you'll start to realize shit that you never even knew about yourself. You know, honest with you. And, and people get dumbfounded sometimes when it'll be a next set. And they'll get so many wrong. And they'll be like, yo, I just did this. And I'm like, yeah, you're just tired. Take 60 seconds. Don't stress it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think one of the one of the things I talk about quite a bit as a lacrosse goalie coach is the is the mental game, and part of it is is just developing this ability to push yourself beyond your comfort zone, push yourself beyond your limits. You know, and and I think goalies that can do that both physically and mentally are are going to just going to be better athletes, like better individuals in life. And that's kind of what you know I I, I get I see out of some of your training is we're just pushing the athlete to, to like win, right. To get better, to, to, yeah. to live outside of that comfort zone. So that's what I love about this training. I appreciate you, man. It's uh, yeah. it's actually like she said that because there'll be times in sessions where I'll leave an athlete off, not being successful at a drill. And I'll say, go home, sleep on it. I know you hate it. Sucks. Sucks to suck. Enjoy. And they'll laugh and they'll be like, I hate that you just did that. And like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to give you successes. Like go home. We'll get it back. We'll get back to it and get back to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It's, on some of your Instagram, you know, you see these NFL guys, these just huge behemoths of a man, you know, no. looking, looking at the screen like, what? Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Just, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Any other, um, we mentioned those lights, any other like pieces of equipment that are kind of, uh, you know, that you, that you really like to incorporate into your training? I use tennis balls, cards, and fit lights. <laughs> Tennis balls, cards, and fit light. And I've seen the big, the big, uh, the big like playing cards too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got these because <laughs> I had a weak moment as a coach and I felt bad. I was showing my guys little cards, but I was like, no, forget that. No, I'll use them in different ways. Now I'm going back to the little guys. <laughs> yeah. What are some drills you do with those big cards? Oh, easy, man. So like here, I'll help you out right now. I'll give you a drill for a goalie. All right. Right. So if I'm a goalie, right. And I'm a coach. You have to save something. I'll just go like this. Which card's bigger? Tell me which one's bigger before you make the save. 
Ah, love it. Yeah. Right. And then you go with which one's smaller before you make the save. You don't have to say the suit, just say the number. So yeah. they'll go, you know what I'm saying? Right. Just as simple as that. We call it dual task training, being able to effectively put two tasks in hand at once and offer the athlete to do them without overwhelming the guy. Yeah. It's kind of like you have to make this little cognitive quick decision before you That's go it. about making your save. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I do uh, some training like that. And I've always said that like the more stimuli you can put and the more decisions you have to make when you make that save, like when you remove that stimuli, guess what? That save is so much easier to make. And that's, I guess that's the concept that's of slowing down. the game down, right? Correct. hundred yeah. percent. And it's all just about not adding over variables to the situation because at the end of the day, like you don't want to prepare somebody for, you know, the end of the world while they're saving a ball. No, you, you want to just make sure they can do maybe two things. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. For this one, I'm going to tie both your hands behind your back and your ankles together. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jay, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If people want to learn a little bit more about you, where, where do they go? Um, We have Instagram, we have TikTok. The Instagram handle is I'm old. I got to look at this stuff now. Oh man, I'm 41. You're not that old. Oh shoot. (laughs) Instagram is J underscore Fulco. Okay. And the uh, TikTok is TikTok? J Fulco. No Boom. underscore. Boom. Love it. Um, and then and then if people want to uh, do some of the virtual training, how, how does that work? Should they just reach out with the on the DM? Reach out either TikTok or Instagram. Okay. Uh, do you have any like courses or is it just all kind of one-on-one type of training? Well, I do semi-privates as well. So I can do three guys in a group of ones. That's I do three to a max in virtual sessions. Okay. Um, because again, people think you have to move. No, you don't necessarily have to move in a virtual session. You can just be chilling at the crib. But yeah. if you want to have odds and go to turf, you can. And I can train you virtually as well, movement-wise with cognitive variables. Awesome. And you're in Arizona? Yes, I am. AZ. Cool. Phoenix? Yes, sir. All right. So if people are in the Phoenix area, reach out, get some elite oh, training. Turn turn yourself into an elite athlete. Uh, Jay, if, if you, if you had to leave the athletes out there with one final piece of advice, what, what would that be? One final piece of advice, final piece of advice. Um, easy. Don't be slow, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be slow, bro. I love it. Jay, thanks so much. I appreciate you, brother. So there you have it. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Cognitive specialist, train the brain. It's coach Jay Fulco. Remember that. Don't be slow, bro. Don't be slow, bro. But a lot of great tips on how you can put that into play, how you can train your brain. He even put me through an exercise uh, right on the spot there, which I loved. I really felt like after that exercise, my brain was worked, right? Put that brain to work. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Hope you learned a few things that you can take into your own lacrosse goalie game. That is the idea. Uh, that'll do it for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Again, we've got the college goalie training packs out there for sale. The price is less than the cost of a single private goalie training session. You can get access to some of the best names in college lacrosse. It's going to be unbelievable. That's at laxgoaliewrack.com slash college, laxgoaliewrack.com slash college. We're going to start that up next week. Hope to see you there. In the meantime, get out there, get some work in, do well, and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care.
You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson. <laughs>